Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in beautiful, sunny Missoula, Montana. Join me like he does each week. It's the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone Lebanowitz. Stone is coming to you from his broadcast center in the beautiful state of Florida. Stone, thanks for being here this week. Hope you had a good week. You're going to do a game this weekend, aren't you, on ESPN Plus? Yes, sir. ESPN Plus, Saturday, 3 p.m. I have Southern Illinois versus the Leathernecks of Western Illinois. So in-state rivalry, Southern Illinois riding high right now. Finally in some rhythm after a rough start to the season. So excited to be on that call. Yeah, if you're tuning in, ESPN Plus, see my pretty face and hear my pretty voice. Make sure you do that, FCS Nation. All right, awful lot of games to get to from last week in a short time to get there. Let's just get right to the action. Up first, number one, North Dakota State, 31, Indiana State, 26. Stone, sloppy, sloppy, sloppy for the Bison. And after all these years of doing this show, I haven't said that often. Fumbles, penalties, and very un-Bison-like behavior. They still won the game, though, and ran the ball for 306 yards, led by Tameric Williams with a buck 45 and three touchdowns. Yeah, pretty tough for the eyes on this one. And I can't say that I'm glad that this happened, but at the same time, I am glad that this happened. Last week's episode, I said, I don't think this is the same North Dakota State Bison team that we're used to watching. They don't have the same dynamic quarterback play, a guy who can convert third and longs and get them down the field. Cam Miller, 21 of 27 for 210 yards. That's efficient, but you did use the word sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. They honestly should have lost this game to Indiana State. With how many opportunities they had to score points off of turnovers, Really worried about these Bison heading into the marker special in this matchup with South Dakota State. So I'm still on that train that North Dakota State is not the team we think they are this season. You know, right after that game was over, I was looking at YouTube for highlights. And the first thing that popped up was, can I kick it by a tribe called Quest? And boy, the answer to that question for Indiana State's hell no, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was two or three field goal blocks. You're right. It's a good call. Yeah, so I watched this game from start to finish. And I never really thought North Dakota State was in trouble. Until late in the third quarter and the turnovers kept coming, North Dakota State muffing punts and just doing a bunch of uncharacteristic things. So can I kick it, Indiana State? Yeah, that, that's a uh, pretty on par, Kev. Number two, South Dakota State, 28, South Dakota, three. What a dominant defensive performance by the Jackrabbits. Seven quarterback sacks and held the Yotes at just 136 total yards. And it wasn't just a rush defense either, even though that was great. The Yotes only had 44 yards passing. Isaiah Davis led the way on the ground for South Dakota State with 108 yards on 15 carries. 108 yards, and also he found the end zone three times. So here's the thing with South Dakota State. They know how to play to their strengths. This defense is one of the best in the country, and when they're able to keep the ball on the ground and kill that clock, this team's really hard to beat. But I think I cannot emphasize this defense enough. They're going to give North Dakota State fits. The Yotes really had no chance. And South Dakota State also was really sloppy early in this game. A lot of uncharacteristic penalties, a lot of special teams mishaps. If South Dakota wasn't a one and four team and they had a quarterback like Austin Simmons, a good one like they've had in the past, they would have kept this game closer. But I'm glad to see the fans showing out in Brookings. I'm pretty sure they sold out. So they understood how big of a game. And I cannot wait for this marker special between South Dakota State, North Dakota State. A good matchup versus the Yotes, a good test, you know, leading up to a team that also likes to run the ball. Number four, Sacramento State 55, Northern Colorado 7. Man, Sac State's like butter because they're on a roll, Stone Labanowitz. 622 yards of total offense at just 175 for Northern Colorado. And the Hornets ran it for 332 yards on the ground. 600-plus yards of offense. It is impossible to lose a ball game when you have 600 total yards of offense. These guys break scoreboards. It seems like they do it each and every week. Drop 55 on Northern Colorado's head. I think this team is a top five team. I don't see them losing a game anytime soon. What I'm most looking forward to is them cleaning up some of the gaps they have on that offensive line heading into the playoffs. But I love what this team could do offensively. They score so many points and stack up so many yards. I love the Hornets. I'm a huge fan of these boys. Number five, Montana State, 37, Idaho State, seven. Well, the Bengals drove the ball down the field on their first possession, the opening possession of the game, and scored a touchdown, and it was all downhill from there. The Bobcat defense had six takeaways, three fumbles, and three interceptions. Lane Sumner rambled for 100 yards, and QB Sean Chambers, all he did was run for three more touchdowns. 
That's right. Sean Chambers. He said, hey, Tommy Malott, I'm sorry, buddy, but this is my job the rest of the season going forward. I'm going to lead this 501 Bobcats team to the playoffs and maybe to a national championship. There's so many things this team does well, but, but here's what I find most interesting. What Sean Chambers is able to do with his legs is going to give defenses fits because teams have had this notion that they're going to have to prepare for this Montana state team who likes to milk clock, who likes to take these 50, 50 shots. But now there's a guy in the backfield playing quarterback who you have to spy. You got to play a little more zone coverage, right? And now you open up these gaps for these inside zones and these inside runs that are going to gain more yards than they have in the past. And this was already a team that was able to run the ball. So with Sean Chambers ability to run the ball, God, it's going to be really, really tough to defend these guys. Love that they scored 37. We usually don't see them put up numbers like that, but Sean Chambers is a problem. Huge fan of this kid. Can't wait to sit him down one of these weeks in the stone cold quarterback segment. Number 19, William and Mary 27, number six, Delaware 21. Tribe defense played lights out when it mattered the most in the fourth quarter. They shut out the Blue Hens to end the game in that decisive fourth frame. I get the feeling that something just isn't right lately with the Blue Hens offense. And you just look at the third down conversions. One of 11 on third down. Tribe offense had 423 yards of total offense. Yeah, just a lull in the middle of the season for Delaware, which is unfortunate because me and you both did not think that this team had that in them the ability to fall asleep at the wheel, but it shows like they did. And I say that and I watched this game. It was similar to a boxing match. Like each team was throwing haymakers left and right. Each team got key turnovers in the biggest moments of the game. And Delaware came storming back into this game and was down by a field goal. I believe in that fourth quarter, but William and Mary, here's what surprised me. They were favored before kickoff by three points. And when I saw that, I said, Whoa, this can't be real. And then as soon as this game started and you started to see this tribe defense run around and mix things up in that secondary, they're a problem in themselves. And I think this team's a little disrespected because they were ranked so low in our top 25 and we slid them all the way back to 19. And in other ones, they're up past the twenties. So I think this seems a little disrespected playing with the chip on their shoulder. They took it out on a really good Delaware team this weekend. Jackson state 26, Alabama state 12, Alabama state pushed Jackson state. And look, we're going to have the swackiest individual I know on the show a little later on, Mo Carter. And the fireworks after the game were about as entertaining as the fireworks during the game. <laughs> That's a fact, Kev. So I'm Team Dion. If you, I had a chance to see what Dion said after the game, and head coach of Alabama State, Eddie Robinson, said, Dion ain't swack. I'm swack. And Dion came in and said, Who ain't swack? I'm swack. And the beef that they had going on after the game. I thought it was really good for the brand, but what Deion Sanders said after the game is so, so true. And I think it's important for people to hear. He's the reason that these stands are filling up and these teams are selling out when they come to town. And I think 12 conference wins in a row. This Jackson State team is going to be really, really hard to beat when it matters most. I think they're the favorite to win that conference. And I think we can all agree on that. But what Deion Sanders did after the game was next level stuff. And he had a lot of gold in his press conference talking about who motivates him and what his goal is as a coach. I love to hear Dion preach, man. Awesome, awesome performance by Jackson State. Even though they only scored 26, you're right. Alabama State held them down a little bit, but it was just a matter of time before they started finding the end zone. Number nine, Weber State, 45. Eastern Washington, 21. 24 unanswered points by Weber State sealed the deal here. Wildcats scored first and finished fast in this one. An almost perfectly balanced Wildcat offense, 237 passing yards and 223 rushing yards. Weber State moved to 5-0. and I was wrong. You were right. I'm going to say that again, Kevin. I was wrong. You were right. This was my upset special of the week. Weber State just absolutely shut me up. I wasn't a full believer on this team. I didn't think they were explosive enough offensively to keep up the pace with an Eastern Washington team. But, hey, they held Gunner Talkington to 198 yards, a touchdown, and they forced a fumble out of them. I think this defense is really key for Weber State. They put their offense in really good situations, especially in the second half. These guys are veterans. We know they're an older bunch. They've been in the playoffs before. I love this Weber State team, but I'm a, de I'm a denier. I, I just didn't think they had it in them, and they went and dropped 45 on an Eastern Washington team, who usually is the one who's scoring 45. So super surprised by this outcome, but good job for the Wildcats. It's time for us to take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'll sit down with Mr. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Montana Grizzlies. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined by a man I've wanted to have on the show for a while, Mr. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Montana Grizzlies. Thanks for being here, Riley. Hey, no problem, Kevin. Uh, always a treat to get to talk to you, and glad we're doing it on such a, a monumental week in the FCS. Dude, I think everybody who follows this level of football had an idea that Montana was going to be good on defense. I don't think any of us thought they were going to be this good on defense. Well, and I think just because the bar was set so high from last year, I think all of us had those questions coming in of how do they even duplicate this success, let alone could they be better than last year's defense? And Kevin, the early signs are that they are. And I think that it's just being more comfortable with this system, having the guys that have been ingrained in it for two to three years that have been waiting in the wings, like a Braxton Hill, like a Levi Janet Carroll, that the moment that their time has come, they have slid right in there. And it's exactly how Coach House wanted it. The depth, the, the chaos, the pressure that they bring. The numbers are just eye-popping. I mean, fourth in the country right now, scoring defense, top five in total defense, sacks, tackles for loss, third down D. I could go on and on. But it is just a fun, fun defense to watch, the relentless pressure that they uh, put on there. And, and, yeah, I would say through five games, they have shown that they're a little bit better even than last year's high-mark defense. You mentioned the pressure, and it seems like whenever they give up a big play or, you know, seven or eight yards on the ground, their first response to that is, well, let's put more pressure and come at them from somewhere else. It, it is, and I think that's just a, a trademark of Kent Bear and, and honestly some trust on the back end because that was maybe something, Kevin, when we go back and we talk about how this defense has evolved and, and how they've all gotten comfortable with it a little bit more, the secondary probably what was lacking the most to where, yes, when Montana wanted to bring pressure nonstop, they didn't know if they could trust their back end. Well, that has totally been solidified with how they've been able to retool the secondary. And you're right, Kent Bear, I, I think a, a favorite word that he has in the dictionary is blitz, maybe pressure being a, a number two closely behind. But you're right, they're going to bring it. They, they have certain sets where they know that uh, if the opponent's going to come out and give them an opportunity to rush the passer, a quarterback's going to be under uh, relentless pressure all game long. Well, you mentioned the quarterback, and look, Lucas Johnson has been everything advertised plus a whole lot more, hasn't he? He he has, and I think he's been that missing piece that Montana has just desperately craved as they've built this roster around to build the O-line back to being a national championship contender and at that level to get the skill position guys. Everything was there but the quarterback. And if you want to talk about a perfect fit, the way that Lucas Johnson kind of fell into Montana's lap, it couldn't be better. you got a guy with so much experience that, you know, finished on a high note last year that absolutely wanted to keep it going. And for Montana, he, he brings that calming presence. I think that was needed uh, with the offense. The dual threat ability has been great. And, yes, he did have a subpar performance, you could say, against Idaho State because the bar has been set so high. But he has done such a good job of taking care of the football. Just three turnovers in the first five games. That's something, as we both know, Coach Hauk puts a lot of emphasis on. But you look at it, he's 17 games as a starting quarterback in college football. And, Kevin, his record is 14-3. and three. I think that most coaches, most programs would take that record and winning percentage. Well, Marcus Knight has returned. That's a big deal for that Grizz offense, isn't it? It is, and Marcus Knight, it's kind of been a, a slow burn, so to speak, to get up to this point, and when you miss nearly 1,000 days uh, of playing football in between his injuries and the COVID year and everything that happened, it was going to be a process for him to kind of emerge, and, and even through fall camp, I think trusting his body a little bit was something that was a work in progress, and we finally saw old Marcus Knight down in Pocatello. I mean, you look at the first four games of the season, he had just 78 total yards, well, he erupts for 101 yards against Idaho State. And I think that the more straight-ahead running is going to be beneficial for Marcus. I think that his old running style, he bounced things outside, and he was getting more creative back in 2019. Now he's got the body frame where he can be a bulldozer a little bit in the middle, and I think we saw more of that in his last performance. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Riley Corcoran, the play-by-play -play voice for the Montana Grizzlies. Riley, a lot of coaches give lip service to the specialty teams, Bobby Houck lives the specialty teams, doesn't he? He lives it. He loves it. You should see him at practice each week, not only putting the game plan together, but the way they execute it. And I would 
venture to say that Montana spends more time on their four kick units, special teams units than any team in the country. And that attention to detail is the reason why Montana is so good. It's, it's a little bit unfortunate, I would say, for fans that now can't watch Montana when it comes to the kickoff game or the kick return game because teams, quite frankly, just are not kicking it to Malik Flowers. They'd rather sometimes kick it out of bounds, a pooch kick, all of those things. Uh, but we're really seeing it in the punt game and the punt return. Patrick Rohrbach has been as good as advertised. The Grizz are number three in net punting right now. And then you put Junior Bergen back there at punt return, magical things can happen. So special teams is, is that element, Kevin. And I think not only to be good at it, but to have it complement your offense and your defense. To me, the reason why Montana has a chance this year to go all the way and to win their first Big Sky title in 13 years because they have offense, defense, and special teams all working together. It seemed a lot of times last year that it was the defense carrying the weight and offense was just trying to hold on for dear life. Now I think they've got all three units working in perfect harmony. Riley, we've got about a minute left. Everybody knows about the Brawl of the Wild being a huge game in the state of Montana and for both schools. But for old school Montana fans, this game with Idaho used to mean something, and it's going to mean something this week, isn't it? It is. For the first time in a while, Idaho is now relevant in the Big Sky Conference again. And you talk to the old-timers around campus, you're right. Idaho is more of a rival than Montana State for a long stretch. The oldest traveling trophy in the Big Sky, the second most played opponent in Grizzly history. So there's a lot of a backstory with this. And I think it's only a good thing for the Big Sky Conference and really the FCS landscape that Idaho is relevant again. And we'll see. This is a big test for Jason Eck here today. Uh, but at the same time, Montana and Idaho, there's a lot of history there. And this is a big-time game for the Grizzlies' only home game in the month of October. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Riley Corcoran, the play-by-play voice for the Montana Grizzlies. Thanks for being here, Riley. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you on Saturday, brother. Always a pleasure, Kevin. Thanks. The preview segment's coming up. Next, right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Ah, the call of the wild. October is hunting season, the best time of the year for so many of us. And Renewal by Anderson's It's Hunting Season sale means the hunt is over for the perfect windows and doors at an incredible value. Great hunters are safe, smart, prepared. They've scouted the best spots. They always clearly identify that target before they squeeze the trigger. And the time is now to squeeze the trigger on awesome new windows and doors from Renewal by Anderson, simply the best you can get. Listen to this. In October, Renewal by Anderson is offering 20% off every window and door, plus an additional $500 off the entire project if purchased during the initial consultation. Plus, no money down, no interest, no payments for 12 whole months. You heard that right. Enjoy your awesome new windows and doors for an entire year before you make your first payment. The hunt is over, but act fast. This sale ends October 31st. Just 31 days to save. It will be over before you know it. Save big bucks, lots of dough without the bull. Visit rbamontana.com to set up your in-home consultation. Happy hunting, everyone. RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, strives to be professional, courteous, and fair. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides quality stump removals to protect your largest investments, your home and property. Attempting to remove stumps yourself can be dangerous and time-consuming. Trust the pros at RW Stump Grinding to get the job done right the first time. Call RW Stump Grinding at 804 804- 366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stress, call Reggie West. Everybody has a stump. Stumps in your yard can be an eyesore, a hazardous obstacle, or a home for unwanted pests. Don't put up with them anymore. Call the pros at RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, and get those stumps removed today. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides fast, friendly, and professional removal of unsightly stumps. Call RW Stump Grinding today at 804-366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stressed, call Reggie West. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions 
for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for the preview segment. This is where Stone Labanowitz and I take a quick trip all around FCS Nation and preview the biggest games taking place in the country this week. Up first on the slate, probably the game of the year here, y'all. Number two, South Dakota State is at number one, North Dakota State in the Dakota Marker game. Here we go, people. Cannot wait Screw the FBS games. This is the game you want to get your eyes on. A clash of the Titans. You ask me, I think South Dakota State has the edge in this one, and they won't be favored. So if you're looking for value, you're going to get it right here. I think South Dakota State's defense is key in this one. I think they're going to put North Dakota State in tough down and distance situations and make Cam Miller beat them, and he has not shown anybody the ability to do so. But here's my one fear. North Dakota State understands this is a pivotal moment of their season, and they're going to get up for this game. So I would not be surprised if North Dakota State went and blew the doors off of South Dakota State. I know it sounds crazy because I'm leaning towards South Dakota State. I just wouldn't be surprised. So I'm kind of hedging my bet there. But I think this South Dakota State defense is what we have to look out for. If they can continuously put Cam Miller in third and long, third and 10 and third and 12, they'll win this game and they'll cause a lot of turnovers. I'm intrigued to watch this whole thing play out. Stone, I'm, I, I hate to say that I'm glad that a hurricane went through your area because, man, with the way you've hedged lately, I'm glad there ain't no limbs for you to go out on, dude. That's why <laughs> you can say that uh, you don't know what's going to happen. But, look, the Jackrabbits have won the last two meetings in this series, including the wonky spring. And like you mentioned, the key here will be the Bison number three rated rushing attack versus the Jackrabbits number three rush defense. And the Jackrabbits rush defense should be number one but there's two Ivy League teams that have played two less games in front of them in the rankings. This one will be one up front, and Stone Labanowitz is going to be glorious to see. A real throwback kind of a football game here. Number two, Idaho is at number three, Montana. So I've been rooting for Lucas Johnson all season long, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. There's nothing more I enjoy than turning on a game and watching a quarterback complete pass after pass after pass. He's so efficient. His completion percentage is so high. These guys are coming off a bye week. I think for Idaho, just wrong place at the wrong time. You got to go to the Grizzlies' den and face these boys. They're undefeated, and I think it's going to stay that way. Are the Vandals for real, y'all, or are they just small potatoes? You see what I did there? I did. This week will go a long way towards all of us finding out. Both teams are good against the run, so the question is, which quarterback do you believe in more? McCoy for Idaho or or Johnson for the Grizz. Both are efficient. McCoy completing 77% of his passes and Johnson 68%. Should be a good one. And I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of my Vandal friends there at Washington Grizzly Stadium. And I think they'll probably go away disappointed, but there's no doubt that Idaho is a much improved football team. Number four, Weber State is at Portland State. Yeah, this Weber State team is just playing on a whole nother level right now. Bronson Barron is so good and he's the clear captain on this team it seems he gets more vocal week after week after week and this team knows what kind of situation they're in they know that they're a contender and they know that the big dogs the sharks i'd say of fcs are lacking this season and now is the time to pounce and i get the sense that they all understand that offensively and defensively so similar to what i said for idaho kind of the wrong place at the wrong time for psu Weber State, whole nother level right now, and they're going to pound them again. I look for them to score a lot of points. If they can continue to do that, this team's going to be a real problem. Well, Bronson Barron got married in the bye week a couple weeks ago, so it's good that he has some place to still be a leader at and be vocal at because as a married man myself, all of us know we ain't leading nothing and ain't being vocal about nothing in our own house except for saying, yes, dear. But the Wildcats should handle the Vikings, one would think. Weber State's really clicking on offense and needs to keep that rolling. Defense should hold the Vikings down. But you never know, Stone. Bruce Barnum will have something up his sleeve, and his teams always fight. Be a really interesting game in Portland. Number five, Sacramento State is at Eastern Washington. 
So I'm usually not a recency bias guy. So I'm not going to look much into this Eastern Washington loss. I'm going to pick this one as my upset special of the week. I figure Sacramento State is going to be figured in this game. But Eastern Washington is going to hate the tape they watched and hate to see that they only scored, what was it, 21 points last week against Weber. So they'll get things corrected on offense. I think this one's going to be really close. I'm a Martingale guy. If I lose my bets, I'm just going to spin the wheel again and make the same bet. So Eastern Washington gets this one done against Sacramento State in a high-scoring affair. The number five team in the country is going to take a loss, Kev. Well, I mean, we'll see. But, look, it's really strange to look at Eastern Washington and see them at one and four. But they've mm-hmm. played one hellacious tough schedule. The Hornets are fourth in the country running the ball, and the two QB system really works for them. Doesn't work for anybody else, but it works for Troy Taylor. You have to feel like Sac State's going to try to lean on that running game and pop the big plays when it's there. Eastern Washington needs to jump ahead and force the Hornets to be a passing team. I think Sacramento State can do that. They wouldn't like it, but I think they can. It's going to be a very interesting ball game at the Inferno in Cheney, Washington. Number six, Montana State is at Northern Colorado. Here's how I'm capping this game. So Montana State's defense is better than Sacramento State's. Northern Colorado only scored seven against them. So I look for a similar scoreline in this one. For Sean Chambers to go out and flex his guns on a weak North Colorado defense. I think a high-scoring affair, Montana State, they coasted this one. They realized what part of the situ- what part of the schedule they're in right now, and I think this is an important game, although their opponent's not going to put up that big a fight. I think they get this one done pretty cleanly. Quarterback Tommy Mallott will return for the Bobcats this week. Sean Chambers has been outstanding in his absence. I expect to see both of them as we go forward. The Bears are a better team than last season. Their defense is just probably not going to be able to stop the Bobcats, and their offense isn't going to be able to keep up. Bobcats should win pretty handily. Number seven, Jackson State is at Bethune-Cookman. Will you poke the bear? And when I say you, I'm not talking about you, Kevin. I'm talking about Eddie Robinson and the rest of the swag. When you poke the bear, you're going to get the claws. This Jackson State team is going to come out playing with a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to take it out on Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman graduated a lot of guys. They're not the team that we originally thought they were at the beginning of the season. I think they get back to their offensive ways, score a lot of points. I think Shador Sanders flexes his muscles a little bit. And these guys are going to drop 40-plus on Bethune-Cookman. But like I said, don't poke the bear. You piss Deion Sanders off, and you're going to have to face the repercussions. Look, I was impressed with the way when it really mattered for the first time in a while for Jackson State, probably since the Celebration Bowl, where they had to drive the ball down the field and put it in the end zone, Shador Sanders led his team down the field and they put the ball in the end zone. I expect he'll do that plenty of times this week against Bethune-Cookman. The Virginia Military Institute is at number eight, Chattanooga. So Chattanooga Coming off an extra week of rest off their bye week. An easy read here for me. So Chattanooga beat East Tennessee State. Who East Tennessee State then beat VMI. So my metrics show Chattanooga will not. They will beat VMI by a lot. I expect similar score lines. But this one's an easy read. You can trust the recency bias in who each of these teams have played last and what that outcome was. Typically, that's not what you want to do because each week doesn't spell the same. But I think we see Chattanooga kind of laid on these guys this week. VMI doesn't have much offensively for these boys. Well, look, in most other conferences, that would be true. But people have heard me say it over and over again. The SOCON is funny in games like this. I don't expect this one will be all that funny, but you never know. The mocks have a very simple plan on how to win, run the ball on offense, stop the run, and get after the quarterback on defense. VMI and quarterback Seth Morgan can pose some problems for Chattanooga. VMI offensive line has to give him time, and with that defensive line group the mocks have, that's going to be a problem. If Morgan has time to throw the ball, he'll put up numbers and keep VMI in the game. That's the key to this one. Another SOCON matchup is next, East Tennessee State at number nine, Mercer. East Tennessee State's schedule gets a little tough for the next couple of weeks. They have Mercer right now and then Sanford, so it's going to be a tough stretch for them. I'm sure their coaches are going to be caught watching, you know, double the film. They're going to be peeking forward at Sanford when that's not what you want to do with the Mercer team. Love this Mercer team. I think what they're able to do defensively matches up well with what East Tennessee tries to do on offense. And that's not much, right? These guys haven't scored a lot of points through these past weeks, although they've, you know, beaten the teams that they should have. I just think Mercer's a really tough matchup. And I think I'm going to look towards this defense of Mercer to cause problems for East Tennessee State. 
The Bucks are going to have a lot of turnovers. I think Mercer gets this one done by a handy margin, and I don't think people are going to really expect what we see. The Bucks got their first SoCon win last week on the road versus VMI, and they committed to the run more with a fullback and some different formations. They'll need to run the ball and control the clock. Mercer is dynamic on offense, led by quarterback Fred Payton. Payton has been tremendous. But the Bucks will be a little bit of a challenge on defense for Mercer. But don't know if they can keep up with what Mercer is going to do on defense. It's going to be a very good football game and should be a Mercer victory. But if you're ETSU, you have an opportunity here to begin to salvage what was once a promising season with high expectations. Number 15, Incarnate Word, is at Nickel State. Well, here you go, folks. Here is the reunion for Lindsey Scott Jr., the team that he left to come lead a contender, Nickel State. I don't know necessarily there's any bad blood, but when he steps in between those lines, he's a gamer, and he's going to make them pay for not giving them, I think, the weapons that he deserved or that he was asking for. I know that sounds like I'm talking about an NFL quarterback. I just think Lindsey Scott is next level. He's going to take advantage of his opportunity scream to FCS nation that I'm that guy. There's a reason I left Nickel state and came to this incarnate word team. And now we're the number 15 team in the country. They want to get back inside that top 10. I think these te- this team's a legit contender. Lindsay Scott jr. I look for him to put up prolific numbers. And I feel like I say that each and every week and he comes through. So it's an easy bet for me to make, but he's going to pound this Nickel state team. Look, all you need to know about this one is that incarnate word has a number two rated passing attack in the country and the Colonels have the 113th-rated pass defense. This one is going to get U-G-L-Y. Western Illinois is at number 17, Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois ripped off 24 unanswered against Missouri State after going down 14-zip. The offense is clicking. Nick Baker, Javon Williams, Avante Cox, his twin brother, Deontay Cox. I mean, God, there's just a plethora of weapons on the offensive side. And I've used this phrase a bunch already in this segment, but they're going to flex their guns. I think SIU is going to come out really aggressive. Western Illinois cannot score any points. So if you go through the last four games, they've scored 10 points, then 10 points, then 17, then 10. It's a bad recipe for a Southern Illinois team who loves to be aggressive and score a lot of points on offense. This one's going to get U-G-L-Y, just like that word versus Nickel State game. Cannot wait to be on the call here and watch my Southern Illinois boys go to work. The Salukis have got their stuff in a pile. They won four in a row. They should have really no trouble here against Western Illinois. The Leathernecks are rebuilding, and I do believe that they're going to take some lumps in this one. Villanova is at number 18, Richmond. Huge game in the CAA. Huge game, and I think, you know, with the way the CAA's played out, a lot of the teams we expected to be good aren't coming through for us, and the teams that we didn't really mention much, beginning of the season they're the ones to look out for i think richmond's one of them we expected them to have somewhat of a better season and be a little low ranked i think this is a good opportunity for nova to be honest with you i think they've cleaned up a lot of the the i I guess you could say turnover prone offensive drives that they put together that are uncharacteristic of what we've seen from them in years past can't really go out and make a bold claim on this game because we know what the caa does you know later in the season or at least midway through so look for nova to kind of have the edge of this game and i i I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with me but i just think it's one of those matchups where uh, there's really no favorite here to be honest with you that's just how i feel nova needs this one bad they had high expectations kind of like etsu did coming into the season but that loss to monmouth really hurt them they fell out of our top 25 after that so if you're villanova here's your opportunity you want to be in the CAA title picture? Well, you've got to beat Richmond on the road. I think Risha Densky and that spider offense will be ready for it, and I believe that they'll probably get the job done. Need to be able to run the ball just a little bit, though. And if you can't do that, then those little screen passes and four-yard outs that are really just running plays will be very advantageous to them. This will be a good ball game. Murray State is at number 22, Austin P. And Austin P needs one here. They need a get-right game, and boy, did Santa Claus deliver a present to them with the bow on it. Murray State's 0-6. This defense is one of the worst in the country. Mike DeLello, he needs to get back on pace. I think he torches this Murray State defense on the ground with his legs. He's going to have a couple touchdowns through the air. I can see this Austin P team scoring 30, 40-plus points. This is an easy one, and I can't wait to see what 
you know, them get back in their winning ways because last week they took a beat down, or I guess last time out, they took a beat down to Central Arkansas, which was unexpected for a lot of us. So this is a good get-right game for them. Murray State, not a good football team. The Racers gave ranked UT Martin all they wanted last week, which Stone said they would, rightly. Well, at least they gave UT Martin all they wanted for 50 minutes of the ball game. Don't think it's going to take Austin P that long. I think that more than likely, the Austin P fans, including producer of this show, Justin Swallow, is going to pack that fort and they'll leave it happy. We'll be right back. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Kevin Marshall here for Hughes River Expeditions. Hughes River Expeditions been outfitting world-class river rafting and fly fishing vacations on rivers in the West since 1976, including the Middle Fork of the Salmon, Main Salmon River of No Return, and the Salmon River Canyons, as well as the amazing Selway River. The Hughes Crew is what distinguishes Hughes River Expeditions from other outfits. They have exceptional river skills and years of experience. Call them today. Hughes River Expeditions at 800-262-1882 or log on to the website HughesRiver.com. The High Country Club Bar and Casino located 209 Main Street in beautiful and historic downtown Stevensville, Montana is your headquarters for watching sports in Ravalli County. When football season rolls around again, the only place to be in the Bitterroot Valley to watch your Grizz or your Bobcats is the High Country Club Bar and Casino, 209 Main Street in beautiful downtown Stevensville, Montana. That's the High Country Club Bar and Casino, 777-9910. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003, and Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Who is swag? It ain't swag. Who is swag? It ain't swag. What's up, everybody? Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'm your co-host, Stone Labanowitz. Each and every week, we go around FCS Nation searching for quarterbacks, some of the best performers from the past weekend. We're pivoting, making a little change up here. We're bringing in the big guns. We're talking some swag. I got Mo Carter with me, at Mo Carter Fox 54 on Twitter. He's the sports director for Fox 54 News. He's a ball player. He's been in the trenches at Southern University. We're going to talk a little swag today. What's going on, Mo? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. I know we've kind of been chatting back and forth on social, so it's finally good to, uh, you know, link up our voices and, you know, talk a little swag football. Talk a little swag football. Hey, and that's exactly what we're going to do because, boy, are there headlines flurrying around. And that's where we're going to start. Mo, what would you say is the biggest storyline from last weekend's swag slate? <laughs> Well, if you have not been paying attention or whatever, <laughs> um, one of the big things that made national headlines was, quote-unquote, the altercation between Coach Deion Sanders of Jackson State and Coach Eddie Robinson Jr. of Alabama State. Jackson State um, defeated them 26-12, to and then in the postgame handshake, um, Coach Robinson didn't want to hug Dion. He was like, I'm going to extend my hand out to you or whatever. And Dion kind of took it as, you know, hey, bro, like, that's not what I do. And then one pushed one off or whatever. And then all of a sudden, it sent a social media into a flurry. 
Coach Robinson turns around in his press conference. He was like, I was mad because of this. The guy walked through our huddles during pregame. And then he came up with the, he's not swag. I'm not swag. I'm swag uh, <laughs> statement. And then he later on talked about that. And that's kind of really been the talk the last couple of days to where Coach Deion Sanders, you know, he wasn't going to sit down on it. So he and his football team went and created a whole music video talking about I'm swag. <laughs> They literally created a whole music video, and I'm, I'll play that for you right now. I mean, you can hear it, and, and it's going to be our intro getting into the segment. I think it's a uh, honestly a pretty big storyline, and as a football fan, an FCS guy, and even a big SWAT guy, I feel like you have to pick a side. So are you Team Eddie or, or Team Dion in this situation? Because I feel like they both had really good things to say and both hit the mark, but you know, what side of the fence are you standing on? All right, so for me, and this is not so much a bias or whatever and whatnot because I'm in the state of Alabama, yeah. but I kind of have to go Team Eddie, and there's several reasons why. So, for instance, when I used to work in Montgomery, I was a sports director down there. I was also the play-by-play person for Alabama State football and basketball. And for football, Eddie Robinson was actually my color analyst. And then when he actually talked about what I am swag means – he goes all the way back to, hey, I am the son of two SWAT graduates. Both of his parents went to Southern University. He grew up going to the Bayou Classic in New Orleans. He goes to Alabama State, two-time SWAT football player of the year. And you want to talk about some great company. So he was SWAT defensive player of the year. The guy before him was Aeneas Williams. The guy after him was Michael Strahan. So some pretty good company as far as SWAT <laughs> defensive players of the year you know those two other guys got yellow jackets in Canton, ohio right now and uh, then on top of that you know he was an academic all-american had a really good stint in the nfl played 11 years following his nfl career he was an espn hbcu analyst for the college football for swag and meac stuff and then obviously you know he's you know basically swag more swag raise or whatever then he continued to explain that the i am swag Thing is more so something that he and a bunch of other HBCU grads in the NFL really created from a chat standpoint. So him, Aeneas Williams, um, Ashley Ambrose, Jimmy Smith, who played at Jackson State, Michael Strahan, like that was something they used to take pride in when they talked to other players who had HBCU backgrounds, especially from the SWAT. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go with that because I'll go ahead and listen from uh, the meaning, but obviously Coach Deion Sanders knows how to swing some things, and <laughs> we see all that going on, and it'll be interesting to see if Coach Sanders sticks around what, you know, what a budding rivalry in the East Division between Alabama State now and Jackson State can look like in the future. Hey, let's talk about that, right? Jackson State's 5-0, and 2-0 in the SWAC. Can they do anything to prevent the inevitable? You just hinted at it. But what I mean by the inevitable is Deion Sanders going to the FBS. Like, we all think it's in the works. Now there's all these rumors going around. It's Georgia Tech. You know, if something was to be done, I'm seeing some stadium talk. What can the SWAC do to prevent the inevitable and Deion leaving? Well, it's I don't even think it's so, so much what can the SWAC do. It's more so what can Ashley Robinson, the athletic director at Jackson State, do to entice Coach Deion Sanders to actually stay at Jackson State because obviously he's not going to go to any other school in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And yeah, as you mentioned, there has been some talks and rumblings about a potential new stadium for Jackson State. Uh, my guy Kyle Mosley, who does contributions for Sports Illustrated, he had a story the other day, and apparently that was a big talk at the city council meeting. So that's really the big thing. But obviously, we understand the situation. And I'm not saying that I foresee I foresee him going soon, but I have a feeling after him interviewing for several jobs in the past, I wouldn't be surprised that at some point he decides to take it up a notch and go ahead and roll on out. Now, when that happens, you know, your guess is good as mine. But, yeah, his name is going to be connected to several um, to several jobs. It's just going to be a matter of what fits Dion for one and then two. Can the personality that he have, I'm not going to say clash, but can it mesh with potential mm. P5 locations? 
I love that. That's really well said. And I think those are a few things to look out for. Hey, you mentioned Kyle Mosley's name. He does a lot for the HBCUs. He contributes to some, you know, Sports Illustrated articles and stuff. And he recently came out with his SWAC team's midseason grades. So I'm going to put you up against him, see whose grades are better. You down? I'm going to give you a team name. You give me a letter grade. All right. Let's start off in the East. Jackson State. A plus. <laughs> Fam you. Fam you right now. I'll go B plus. B plus. Alabama A&M. B minus. Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman, I've got to give them uh, a D. Ooh, Alabama State and Eddie Robinson's boys. Eddie Robinson's guys, I'll go ahead and give them a a B minus. Ooh, all right. Prairie View A&M. My alma mater, Southern University, went in there and, you know, smacked them up. So I got to drop them down to a B minus right now. Hey, not only smacked them up on the field, but smacked them up pregame in, in, in a little scuffle. We all saw yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Your boy, Southern. Southern, I'll give Southern a B-plus. Big game this upcoming weekend as they host all core State. I think the winner of that game is in the driver's seat for the Western Division. And last but not least, the SWAC Offensive Player of the Year. Five weeks in, who you got, Mo Carter? Uh, it's it's hard to go against Shadur Sanders for, right. the, for the numbers that he is putting up. That is gold from Mo Carter. At Mo Carter Fox 54, he's the sports director over there at Fox 54 News. He's the swat god. He's got all the info you need. Hey, Mo, thanks for taking some time out of your day. Looking forward to this weekend. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Stone. You guys take care. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now time for my favorite time of the week, the pick segment. Stone Labanowitz and I go head-to-head and pick the biggest games taking place in FCS Nation this week. Up first, number two, South Dakota State is at number one, North Dakota State. I'm rocking with the Jackrabbits, Kev. They get it done 21-17 over the Bison. Not me, sir. And a lot of people are like Stone here, and they're picking the Jackrabbits, and I understand that sentiment because my mama's always said that I could talk myself into anything. I'm avoiding that this time, y'all. It's like I always say, Never pick against the Bison in the Fargo Dome. There's no money in it. Bison win, 27-24. Number 20, Idaho is at number three, Montana. Montana's going to get this one done, 34-27. The Vandals will make this very interesting for a lot longer than my friends at Washington Grizzly Stadium will be comfortable with. The Vandals are a good team, but I think the Grizz are a great one. Take Montana at home, 38-24. Number four, Weber State is at Portland State. Weber State Wildcats 45, Portland State 14. The Wildcats defense is elite, and the Vikings offense is barely average. The Wildcats offense has big play capabilities, and I believe we'll see that on display in the Rose City. Wildcats on the road, 31-13. Number six, Montana State is at Northern Colorado. Montana State's going to score a lot of points, and that's typically not what they do, but Northern Colorado... Can't defend anything. I like them winning this game 55-10. to 10. Bobcats have way too much on offense for the Bears to stay in this one for long. Tommy Malott returns, and this is a great opportunity for him to shake off some rust. Bobcats on the road, 45-17. Number seven, Jackson State is at Bethune-Cookman. God, I have fun trying to cap these games for Jackson State because I feel like I predict they score 50 or 60 every week and i'm doing the same damn thing this week jackson state 56 but then cookman 14 i believe jackson state will get back to blowing out their conference opponents this week tigers feel like they have a little something to prove and i believe they will jackson state 48 to 12 over bethune cookman the virginia military institute is at number eight chattanooga give me the mocks 28 21 over vmi the key debts are not as explosive on offense this season as they've been recently difference here will be the mock's defensive line that group is as good as anyone in fcs has and better than most mocks went at home 31 17 east tennessee state is at number nine mercer mercer continues their march they win this game 21 17 a little closer than most people are gonna expect but they'll sneak out of here the bucks got back to basics last week running the football and playing good defense mercer there's no need for them to get back to that that's just what they do and this week will be no exception. Fred Payton and company roll in Macon, Georgia. Bears, 38-20. Number 11, Elon is at Rhode Island. Hey, Matt McKay, if you're listening, go do your thing, buddy. Get it done. 34-21 is my prediction. Is Rhode Island any good, or are they a paper tiger? Well, we're going to find out today because Elon is good. 
Expect Phoenix QB Matthew McKay to have a day and Elon to win, 28-13. Number 15, Incarnate Word is at Nichols. Lindsey Scott Jr., 55. The entire Nichols State team, 21. Don't know if Lindsey Scott Jr. has a lot of bad feelings towards his former school, but he'll damn sure play like he does. Take the word, 52-27. to <laughs> Western Illinois is at number 17, Southern Illinois. Leatherneck's going to get beat down on Saturday. Tune in ESPN Plus, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Southern Illinois is going to run away with this thing early. 48-17 is how it ends. The long season for the Leathernecks is going to continue in Carbondale. Saluki QB Nick Baker will carve them up, and the Saluki defense will feast. Saluki's at home, 42-21. Villanova's at number 18, Richmond. Ooh, this one was tough for me. And people are not going to like this or agree with it, but Nova's going to win this game 28 to 27 in a last possession affair. I disagree, but this is a huge game in the CAA here. Richmond can score, but their defense got to get off the field on third down. The winner stays in the CAA title race. Loser's going to need a ton of help. Take Richmond at home, 38 to 35. The pick segment will roll on right after these messages from our sponsors and the NCAA. In the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the game is played with perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship as he works to honor the game and respect his teammates, opponents, officials, and fans. Every FCS player grows in his responsibilities as a student athlete and as a member of his campus and community. The NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, every down, every day. In the Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. Murray State is at number 23, Austin P. Austin P, 42, Murray State, 10. The Racers don't quit, and you've got to admire that. The Govs' offense is just too good for the Racers in this one, and I believe their defense will get itself sorted out. They need to after what happened to them on the Stripes in Conway, Arkansas. So the word for them this week is let's go P, 38-17. Sam Houston is at number 23, Eastern Kentucky. This one's going to make everybody sweat a little more than they would like, but I think Eastern Kentucky's going to squeak this one out. I got them coming out on top 30 to 21 over the Bearcats. Stone, you have to figure that Sam Houston's going to put it together one week this season. They're going to have something and they're going to put it all together. I believe that this is the week. This is my upset special of the week. Take Sam Houston on the road over number 23, Eastern Kentucky, 31 to 30. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Stone Labanowitz. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Ms. Stacy Marshall. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And Stone Labanowitz and I would like to invite you all right back here next week for another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody. In the Division I Football Championship subdivision, it's not about the number on the jersey or the name on the back. In the FCS, it's about passion, teamwork, and school spirit. But most of all, it's about integrity, honor, and respect. In Division I Football, it's all about sportsmanship. We are the Division I FCS, 12,000 student athletes, 118 universities, and 13 conferences. This is where sportsmanship happens.